Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I think we live right now, brother. We good. Three, two, one. Take off. Say what needs to be said. It's your host, your big dog, your boy, Sante, Mr. Pick Six Samuel. What up, everybody, man? <laughs> Welcome back. And got my co-host with me, EP, Elton, EP the Truth, Patterson. You know what I mean? Yes, Welcome sir. back, yes, everybody. Sir. Welcome back. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Hey, that was, that was a great weekend. I enjoyed that weekend of football, bro. Like, I actually sat and watched like all the games, like it's rare that I do that, and I enjoyed every bit of it. That's what you're supposed to do now. You know, you're you're, you're a critic now. You crit, you critique the players, you critique the teams. So you better watch every 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 game. You got to get the package, the NFL package, the Sunday package, the playoff package. We need everything, baby. That was an explosive weekend. It was fun. It was exciting, man. I enjoyed myself like you were talking about. I enjoyed myself. Had a great time, man. What was the best game you saw? What was the Hey, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on one second. We got somebody in the comment. Oh, D-Pat 44. D-Pat. Shout out to D-Pat. Salute. D-Pat always in the building. He says, E. Patterson. E-Pat is on time today. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> E.P. the truth is on time today, baby. Gosh. <laughs> hey, let me tell you. Hey, he came on right on time. He was like a 9.59. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have <laughs> But what we got, man, my game, I, I enjoyed all the games, man. Um, yeah. That one last night, though, was a thriller. Like, it was going back and forth. It was like one of them heavyweight boxing, and not, not the new heavyweight boxing matches, not the Deontay Wilder <laughs> boxing matches. It's like the Holyfield, Lennox Lewis type boxing match, back man. In, it was back in the days. You don't know who going who gonna to get knocked out first, who going to get up, who going who gonna to bounce back, who going to get up and punch it back in the face. It was one of them type of matches. And the referee right. or somebody come in and, and spill the beans and mess up the game like the kicker did. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not that just the kicker. Crazy, we'll get man. into it, but it was another pivotal moment in that game, that Bills game. You was just like, what in the – world happened but we'll get into it though we'll yeah man like you said it was like man it was a we couldn't ask for a better game to end the playoff weekend right with two prime time quarterbacks going head to head josh josh allen and patrick mahomes two future hall of fame quarterbacks they gotta be right but yep. you know it didn't disappoint we was excited we got to see some exciting football right and for the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, what I like about the Bills, even though they didn't win, they didn't progress and move forward to the AFC Championship, the Buffalo Bills, what I was most impressed about and what, you know, you take the winners and the losers from this game and the Bills, they made one coaching change in the um, offensive coaching staff and look at the progress on this team and look at the 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 progress for Josh Allen. And like you like to say, he's not descending no more. He's ascending. Even though they lost the game and he lost the, lost the game on a technical, you know, play, which is the field goal and, you know, those good things. But they went they went head to head and he played and he answered every, every answer that needed to be answered on the offensive side of the football. He played to the, to the elite level of Patrick Mahomes. They controlled the ball way longer. You know, their time of possession was much more longer than the, than Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, and all in all, I'm I'm really impressed about Josh Allen and how he's running the offense, not trying to be Superman no more. He's commanding the offense. He's running the plays as he as he as he should be. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's not playing outside of the box of the scope of the dynamic of the play. He's giving what the defense is uh, giving up, and 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 he's being satisfied with that. And then when right. it's the time for a big play and it's time for him to make a big play or become Superman, he was trying to do that. But other than that, he was playing within the dynamic of the offense and not trying to uh, do too much and be the difference maker all the time. That was a special a special thing that I saw from Josh Allen because it's hard to do that, man, especially when you, you, know, you have all the critics uh, on your back saying you can't win past the second round, you barely win past the first round and, and this and that, and you definitely can't beat Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be the second best quarterback to ever play the game, you know, behind Tom Brady. You can't beat Tom Brady. I don't know, man. You got too many weapons. We'll get it in that later. You got too many weapons to be the best ever. But yeah, man, for Josh Allen, man, that was a that was a I like the new approach that they have. But um, we're gonna see how the future pans out for for Josh Allen and the Bills. What do you think about the Bills and, and how Josh Allen played last night? Man, I think he was a dog out there, man. I think he went, um, he did what he's supposed to do. He commanded the game, he tried to take over when it was time. Um, he demanded excellence for everything else. I just think he was short. He was short on his weapons out there. Like, yeah. um, with Gabe, Gabe, one of his main receivers. So we all know that Kansas City was going to zero in on Diggs. Like, we're going to try to eliminate him from this game. He's their playmaker. We're going to try to eliminate him. So and now, Cooks. Gabe, right, and Cooks. But Gabe Davis, the other receiver, he was able to come in all season. Like, he's been doing his career to mm-hmm. alleviate that, to allow their offense to thrive. He's right. out. He was out with a knee. Oh, what do we got? Now we have to go to our other receivers, right? And um, Josh Allen, though, he did go uh, 28, 26 for 39 for 186 yards. But more importantly, Zion, he was running. We saw the way he was running that ball down their throat. Like, just give me the ball. I don't, I don't care about getting hurt. I'm not That's worried about missing. <laughs> give me this ball. We're going to go out here and play some ball. But their leading receiver was the tight end, um, Kincaid, right? Kincaid. He ended up with Kincaid, right? He ended up with 72 yards, had some pivotal catches, 12 catches. But he had right. some great catches in the stretch that, that did really good. And also, um, Khalil Shakur, he had to step mm-hmm. into Gage's role, right? Mm-hmm. And you can just see the tense, the not-so-much flow of their offense the way that they wanted to. I was mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised with um especially that first half. I was really surprised with the um defense that Buffalo was was keeping up with um Kansas City. The only thing I'm gonna say, let's go ahead and throw this out there. Yes, mm-hmm. the field goal, field goal kicker missed the field goal. I was right. that wasn't my pivotal point. My pivotal point is they was backed up on the 30 mm-hmm. and they did the fake punt with oh, gambling. Man. Oh my Gosh, you twiddling was, up. You, you absolutely right. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't question the the the, the dynamic of, of the call, meaning like, you know, yeah, I, I, I go for it. I want you to go for it, but just go for it. Why line up and try to be tricky and, 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 and do a fake punt? Put Josh Allen out there. That that's what hurt the team the most. You didn't put the best players out there in, in trying to be tricky to 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 trick the other the team when you got one of the best players in the NFL and you can put the ball in his hands and let him go dominate and be himself and and I'm sure they would have probably got that first down man but right. go ahead like you said no was, no no by far that was a pivotal I, point hey. in the game man hey say what needs to be said that was by far the dumbest play now maybe if we in week let 11 12 right. whatever you trying some stuff in the playoffs for us to win this to go to the AFC championship 
You give the ball, period, point blank. Let's go vanilla. Let's not overthink this thing. You give the ball to a guy that hasn't even dressed out the majority of the season. Not warmed up. on him. Me and you know you're not warmed up. You, When you warmed up, it was two, three hours ago before the game. You, you're stiff. You're tired. You know, you probably ran down on special teams a few times. And, um, right. man, yeah, man, I just wish they would have put the offense out there instead of doing it with the, the, the punt, the special teams unit. You know, put the players, put Diggs out there, put Cooks out there. You know, let right. them cook. You know what I mean? And let Kincaid right. out there go out there and, 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 and do his thing against the safety and the linebackers, man. And, um, yeah, that was – that wasn't by far one of the worst plays. Of the well, game. let's dig. Let's dig deep into it. You know how it goes, man. Is is jobs on the line, salaries on the line. So what you're saying is completely right. As a football player, I got to hang my hat on something, and then I'm cool with losing if Josh Allen right tried to run for it and was a yard short. He gave it his. I'm cool with that. I can live with that. The Buffalo Bills crowd and their fans was crying because they was confused. Dog, Twitter was lit up like. What are we doing? And the what reason why the doing? reason why I say about the salaries, bro, and the positions is it's easier to call that, right? It's hard to call, hey, we're going forward in the fourth quarter with eight minutes to go in the game, and we're gonna mm-hmm. stay out there on the 30-yard line. That's the head coach. That yeah. I don't want that. If, that's act like we're doing a special teams play. So it's all for me now. <laughs> so we don't <laughs> so if it don't happen, it ain't my fault. We trying so, to go special so teams. That, work. So y'all are if y'all understand what, what EP the truth is saying over there, head coach Sean McDermott is under a lot of pressure, not a stress. His job has been on the line and he can't progress this team past the second round of the playoffs. So instead of him putting Josh Allen in the offense out there and letting them go for it and making it seem like it's him and his his, you know, the brunt of the problem is him. Let's put the special teams out there, and we can blame it on the on the special teams coaching and and and, and let him be the scapegoat. Is that what you're saying, right. brother? Ed? Yeah, you can let him be the scapegoat. Demar Hamlin be the scapegoat. We can come up with all these theories because at the end of the day, if I put my team out there in the fourth <laughs> quarter and they don't get it, I'm probably fired if I make that call. You know what? That is that is a good point, though. That it truly is. You got to think about it. Everybody, we human. We're human right. just like they're human. Just because you see them on TV and they're coaching a, a billion-dollar team and, and an organization, you know what I mean? Their, their job is on the line. They have emotions and feelings and, and, and thoughts and stuff like that. How do I protect my my job without making it look so suspicious and things like that? You know what I mean? So you got to think. these We are. Everyone's human out here. You know what I mean? So don't right. look at them like they're some special type of individuals and, you know, they don't, they don't do things like any other human. You know what I mean? Right. But, but I, I'm just trying to figure out. Right. I, I, I'm a psycho. I'm going to tell the truth, EP the truth. But I'm I'm trying to figure this out. Why not just punt the ball? Like, it's tie game or it's three-point game. Why not back them well, up and lie on your defense? I, I, I get that part. It, it was on the plus 50, you know, on the 50-yard line, you know what I mean? Uh, If you punt it, you're putting the ball back in Patrick Mahomes' hands and, you know, how many times did they stop him? You know, a lot of those things going, going on, you know, going through your mind. And then if you go for it right there, you know, you make one one first down, you yeah, pop in the field goal range. So it's like, you know, you I, I agree with the call. I don't agree with the play call. You know what I mean? Okay. I agree going with it, going for that, you know, taking that gamble. But no, man, no. Why did you right. do a fake punt? Put Josh Allen in that office out there and let them cook. Let Kincaid, right. let, let Cook, let, 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 let's Diggs. Let them, man, let them go out there. So that was the downfall and the down point. Besides the field goal, you know, everybody know the field goal was, was right. terrible, man. 
Yeah. But hey, yeah. speaking of the field goal, that's the part of pressure in the playoffs. That fa- that playoff atmosphere, the pressure, the game is on the line. Everybody can't deal with it the same as uh you know all the players out there. Every, every everybody's yeah. different. You could play every regular season game and be perfect. You can go out there and be the best quarterback in the in, in the NFL. You could be the best wide receiver. You could be the best corner. But when the pressure's on the line and the game is on the line, you hear everybody screaming and you realize that moment. Man, your body could just shut down. Your, your, your legs yeah. will freeze up. It feel like your blood flow not even working no more, not flowing. So those things do happen. So don't don't get it twisted, man. Like I say, everybody's human out there. But the field goal kicker, they got one job to do. I, I don't understand the field goal kicker. We give the field goal kicker hell every day right. of practice, especially, especially if you miss that field goal. Because we come in, you got one job to do. You come to practice, right. all you do is kick through the go- field goal. That's all we ask you to do. And you miss the field goal to win the game. Oh, he don't got no friends right now, man. He ain't got no friends right now. Right, no right. Only friend he, he got is the punter. <laughs> in the holder. You know, they roll tight. They leave practice yeah, early together. The holder, the <laughs> they leave practice early together. They're joking on the sideline together. Like, go get me some food, man. You know I can't show my face out there, man. Go get me some food, man. You go get me some food, brother. <laughs> But oh, let's move man. on, man. We got Patrick okay. Mahomes, man. Patrick Mahomes. Man, Patrick Mahomes is such a great player. A great player that is hard to game plan, being myself a defensive player. You know, he has all the tools in the toolbox ready to use them to fix any problem at any time. He can throw the ball left, right, diagonal, horizontal, flicked it, however you want to. And he can run the ball like a running back. So it's that that dynamic is so special to have, man. He is definitely, I would say he will go down as one of the most, if not the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. And you're not going to be better than Tom Brady. Probably have to win like 12 Super Bowls. Like I say, Tom Brady did it without weapons. Everybody else got weapons. And we're going to get into that because we got Brock Purdy coming up too. And y'all be tripping on my boy Brock Purdy. A winner is a winner and a winner is a winner. A loser is a loser. You know what I mean? But Josh, uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he is such a, a great player and one of the uh, exceptional talents in the NFL that we rarely will probably ever see again. He can roll to the right, throw it left. I mean, he can flick it with the flick of a wrist, man. And and the thing I like most about Kansas City, hit me out on this one, EP. Officer mm-hmm. coordinator, Matt Nagy, man, he is running a super balanced attack with Mahomes and Isaiah Pacheco, right? Mahomes, yeah. if you don't understand, Mahomes had... 23 attempts passing, and you can go over the stats later. He had 23 attempts passing, and Pacheco had 15 attempts running for almost 100 yards. He had 97 yards rushing. But what makes this most makes this so impressive is Josh Allen and the Bills' time of possession was 37 minutes and three seconds. And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they only had the ball for 22 minutes and 57 seconds. So that balance of a that balance of attack on offense was was great. You have 15 rushing attempts for 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 Pacheco, and you know you got all the other running backs that had their attempts. You got three and four or five attempts here there, and then you got 23 attempts passing for Patrick Mahomes. That's not usual for Kansas City, and that's a recipe recipe for success. When you establish that physicality, and you got a running back like Isaiah Pacheco, man, with Mahomes back there, man, that is very hard to stop. I don't know who can game plan or, or can beat them, but you know, if one team can do it, it can be the Baltimore Ravens. And we're gonna see how that how that's gonna hand out. But I, I can't say enough about Josh Allen, man. He he played, he played magnificent. 
football, man. And he he needs right. his credit, but they got a lot to fix. And we're going to see how that, that pans out. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I think Kansas City, they came to play. We all knew. Come on now. We knew Kansas City was going to come in there and compete. Everybody knew that. Um, wait, wow, wait, like wait, wait. Said, I, I, picked, I picked the Bills as the underdog. And, you know, Kansas City was the underdog. So right. I'm the one. A lot of us thought uh, the Bills was going to win that game. And I was one right. of them. Everybody fell into the trap and the bait talking about Kansas City and not used to playing um away and all that stuff all i seen right. was the field when that storm came through that's all i was pitching yeah. i'm thinking they're gonna be in a storm and I, I don't know i was i was caught up man but go ahead <laughs> no I, I got you i got you we all thought that right but kansas city we knew they was gonna come in and do what they do um the only question that we had was with kansas city was the receivers like are they gonna continue to slump or dropping the balls or when they're going to come in to play. I think Scatlin, he, he came in to play pretty good. But at the end of the day, Kelsey still had a drop. Up. Still had a drop. <laughs> we can't get over the drops, right? He still had a drop, man. But Kelsey came in. Travis came in. He was five for 75, right? Two mm -hmm. touchdowns. I, I don't even know how they lost him on that one corner route in the end zone. Like, nobody. You know that's where he's going to throw the ball, and nobody. It had to be. What is that, brother? Is that a mis is that a miscommunication in the defensive backfield when someone is that wide open? I mean, he was just yeah. wide open. Like, what up, Brandon? Brandon said, "What up, Sante and EP salute." Yo, um, yo, Brandon, yo. But, um, yeah, when you are uh, that wide open in the, in the backfield, is usually a miscommunication. But I think on that play, one of the players slipped or something like that too. So okay. you can either have the right. slip, double move, or you can have some type of a uh, miscommunication. You know what I mean? Right. So. I got you. Well, he was wide open. Kelsey came through, um, had a great game. He was solidified of, of of coming in and making plays when he had to make it. Um, Patrick Mahomes did what he got to do. He didn't come in now and light it up on 380 yards, right? He didn't come right. in and do all of that. He did what he he did what he had. And it's cold. We're gonna we're gonna say the conditions, but it's cold. but he did what he had to do. The main thing for Kansas City. Was the way they established that run, my boy. When they established that one with Pacheco, and I think it's a lot of energy, dude. Like the way he runs so hard, the way he's trying to get every single Definitely. yard. It's that, that energy, that energy is contagious, man. man. That energy is contagious. Right. But like I said, if y'all didn't hear previously a few minutes ago, it was the time of possession that made this so impressive. The Buffalo Bills possessed the ball for 37 minutes and three seconds. And, you know, they was able to, to run their full arsenal at offense, where at, at the Kansas City Chiefs, they had the ball for a measly 22 minutes and 57 seconds. Right. Don't quote me. And, you know, I'm, it might be off a little bit. But 22 minutes, they had the ball. And 15 carries for Isaiah Pacheco and then 23 passing attempts for Patrick Mahomes. That was such a beautiful recipe right there, such a right. balanced attack. And that's why they was, went out there, and they were victorious. I mean, on, right. on the road, on the road. So they did what they had to do, man. They had they did what they had to do, man. And You, um, you got to run the ball in the playoffs. You got to establish the run. We all know that. that you got to establish the run in the playoffs, and I think they did. Everybody thought he was going to try to come out and throw for 400 yards. No, they came out and commanded that line of scrimmage, and we're gonna run this ball in control. And that's what I'm the difference guessing. too. Like, uh, you know, I played with Andy Reid in uh in Philly for four years, and my issue, you know, I, it's always nothing's perfect. My issue was they 
didn't run the ball consistently. Or it wasn't a balanced attack. And I think with him bringing in Matt Nagy, they all come from the Philadelphia Eagles uh, organization. They was all brought up under Andy Reid. I think they're concentrating on running the ball more, man. And that's making things much easier and much smoother for Mahomes, man. And, and like you said, once you establish that physical attack, man, everything opens up because if you can't stop the, the Pacheco, I think he was, I think he averaged like six yards per carry. Then right. you're definitely not going to stop Mahomes. You know what I mean? So that, that it opens that, up everything. It opens up everything on the backfield. When you can't stop the run, because you got to worry about the run, it opens mm -hmm. up everything on the back end. That's mm -hmm. probably why, you know what? That's probably why Kelsey was open because the linebacker was caught looking at Pacheco on a play action. It, yeah, right, right. That's it, exactly. it opens up every, when you're running, it opens up everything. Prime example is opened up everything, and you then there you go. You'd be like, why, why is this and that wide open? Because that running is that running game is killing and gutting them, and everybody cheating trying to get there, and not let the running back get momentum and run them over because nobody want to be embarrassed. You know what I mean? You got to get out there fast right. when that running back getting up on you, boy. You know right. I mean? So you trying to tell me, brother, is that you one of the main reasons why Andy starts running the ball? Because I remember you telling me a story. That you went and yelled at him in the middle of a Philadelphia Eagles game to run the ball. Hey, the Lord be my witness. Listen, I'm just a vocal person. If I want to win, I'm passionate. I'm passionate. And not only that, it wasn't just about running the ball. We had LaShawn McCoy, who I felt was one of the best running backs in the game. And he was only getting like 15 carries a game. And I'm like, man, if you give him 20, 25 carries a game, he going to go stupid out there. And um, it was like one year he had over like 1,700 yards when they gave him over 300 carries or something like that, over 1,700 yards, something like that. And that's what happens when you give Shady the ball. And we want to put the ball in my hand, uh, McNabb hands, you know what I mean? And he got the most inconsistent play of them all at quarterback. And um, that's what happened. I think that's what was the biggest problem in Philly for us not to win the Super Bowls and, and – and to get past the NFC Championship was the inconsistency on offense. And we know who was the lead on offense. You know what I mean? But, you know, they, they did a good job. You know what I mean? But that was the reason we couldn't get over the top. Right. We couldn't get over the top in Philly because it wasn't a physical presence of running the ball. It'd be spurts of it, but not every series. You know what I mean? Every series, every right. one, one out of three plays, you know, present that physical presence. It was more of... Our pass plays, the screen plays, are considered our run plays. That was the philosophy, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. I got you. Did they start running in the middle of the game? Like, mm -hmm. did you see a run play? They be looking at me, turning red, trying to make me shut up, <laughs> telling me to shut up, and they hated. He hated when I say that, man. So you know, I, I, I can imagine he probably still hit me in the back of his head. <laughs> Coach, run the ball, man, run the ball. <laughs> but we got a different quarterback now, so things is different. You can do right. A lot of things out there with, with the quarterback you got, you know what I mean? But right, um, right, right. let's move on. Lions versus the Bucks, man. First of all, man, I just want to give a big salute to that team, that city head coach Dan Campbell, man. And they the job that they are doing over there is just a wonderful, magnificent job, man. And it all started from the 2021 trade that they that they they traded for Jared Goff and sent. Jared Goff to the Lions for Matthew Stafford. That's all. And that's when it started. And the rest is history. Dan Campbell, he was able to build. And Dan Campbell was hired in 2021, if y'all didn't realize that either. So that chemistry, they came in together. They believe in each other together. That, that means a lot when you come in to an organization together and it's like, you know, 
uh, I got something to prove and you got something to prove and we both believe in each other. You know, that, 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 that says a lot in a relationship right there. So that's, that's the type of relationship they got. They're back against the wall and they have a lot to prove. And man, I just want to give a shout out to the Detroit Lions, man, and doing a heck of a job and um, defeating the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? Baker, Baker Mayfield. And they played exceptional. They played, they did what they had to do. And I just love Jamari Gibbs. Jamari Gibbs, man. Um, He's such an exceptional running back. He is going to be so good in the future, barring injuries and things like that. Man, let me right. tell you, man, that explosiveness with the shiftiness he got, man, you ain't gonna, you're not going to see that too much. So, man, enjoy that greatness, man, from Gibbs, man. man. What do you think right. about the Lions, man? Man, yeah. I, I think they're taking on the identity of their coach. That dude, Campbell, is serious, man. Like, he's a player. He, it's weird. He's kind of caught up in between maybe some hard-nosed, old-school, Belichickish type way. We're going to do this and do this and do this. But he's found a balance, right, to still connect with his players mm-hmm. to the point where it's called 3D coaching is what I what was. It's a term called 3D coaching where you actually connect with the souls of your players, right, and they mm-hmm. want to come out here and play for you. So I think everybody's enjoying, man, their – this ride, everybody's enjoying playing with the team. They actually Especially believe the, the, the state of Michigan and, and, and Detroit right. and stuff like that, right. man. You, you mean they enjoying that ride, man? They so excited. Yeah. I mean, I bet the I bet the crime rate done went down up there, man. They so excited. <laughs> they know, everybody like, man. Hey, if I see you doing anything bad, boy, I'm gonna get you. I'm telling on you. I'm snitching. I don't care. We on positive mode around here. We want to win the Super right. Bowl, so everybody got to change their ways. You know what I mean? Right, right, <laughs> right. Going on. No, they they try not to mess that up, right? There. And I think they believe, though, they, they really believe they can go in here. They believe they can win. They believe they can dominate. They just believe. And Dan Kim believe in all his players that's out there. And like you said, though, I was watching this. I was watching Gibbs, right? Yeah. That running back, like, okay, all right, all right, let's do this. He he had nine carries. You would think he had more, but he had nine carries right. for 74 yards. But he averaging eight yards, eight a yards a carry. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm saying. With this, that was the problem. Prime example that I had with it with Coach Reed. You know, it wasn't a big problem. Just something that I would express. If you give him fifteen to twenty carries, man, the, the excitement that that dude gonna bring, and energy and the explosive plays that he will bring, eight yards a carry, man. But right. you know, they got to feed him slow. He's a rookie. They got the right. other running right. back back there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. They're, they're really yeah, they got right. doing David Montgomery. He's a good switch up back with him. He's not a bad back at all. He's a good switch up. He still had ten carries for thirty three yards. So they got a good mix in the backfield to where they're still getting over a hundred yards rushing in the game. And as you know, in the NFL, mm-hmm. when you break over a hundred yards, you kind of controlling the time of possession. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Now, the most exciting play I seen was when Gibbs came to that line. I don't know if you saw this, brother, but he. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he cut on the dime on the safety to the left. And it's almost like, you know, Madden, when you press R2 for your speed burst. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed that little linear and kind of got small and went to the end zone. I say, that is amazing. I don't think you realize how athletic and amazing and explosive that is, man. Like, the dude is in his zone, man. Like you said, he's going to be a great player, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, man, that is that, that was the highlight of the, of, the, of the day, man, versus the Lions versus the Buccaneers. That play, watching Jamari Gills, man, um, he is definitely an exceptional talent, man. I like what I see with him, man. Just, it's just exciting watching him play. But that's not the only one, right? What about your boy, Amara St. Uh, um, 
Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon St. Brown. Brown. You know what I mean? I ain't want right. to mispronounce right. the name. You know what I mean? So right. I'll pause and let you take over. <laughs> no, but he, he had a good game, man. Hey, he about him, man. He's not the prototype player. And of course, we're underdogs, me and you, EP. You know what I mean? Right. We're underdogs. We come from UCL. And he's not the prototype. What is he? 5'11, 190 pounds, but he's so right. strong. The plays right. he make are, are the plays of a big guy, of, of, a, of a talented, you know, uh, the, the 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 people that we see at, at the receiver's position who we look at as upper, upper echelon. You know what I mean? Right. He make those type of plays. And his yak, getting them down. Man, I, I like that kid too. So okay. they're over there building a team, man. They're building a really good team for the future over there in the Lions. So, you know. Right. St. Brown, he's, he's really reliable. There's one thing you got to know. When the ball's thrown his way, you kind of <laughs> feel like he's going to catch the ball. But he reminds me of a, like, don't take it out of context, but remember West how when David Boston? No, no, no. It's weird. He reminds me of a Wes Welker getting to the ball, but when he catches the ball, he reminds me of like a David Boston or something. Like, he's just so strong when he run, he, he just all around player man he, he's all around player and he had like i said he, he caught eight receptions for 77 yards but his impact of catching those balls at the right time right just amazing and i remember man. one like, time it was like a third down and 10 or something and he caught the ball right before the line and he dragged like three players across <laughs> for the first down man and that's what i mean by the type of plays he make at the receiver position you know those are big time exceptional upper echelon type of plays and you know you don't expect that from the not prototypical type players you know what i mean and saint brown is him you know what i mean right. salute to the, like the lions and, and for the buccaneers man um you know they did okay this was the most even match of the of the of the of the weekend for me like i said both teams i mean you can even look at the stats it was pretty much even from the quarterback position to to the running back position they they, they both had this close to the same amount of attempts same amount of completions the rushing yards the time of possession it was overall pretty much an even matchup but baker mayfield like i said he's a he's that hot and cold very streaky type of quarterback and um um i would you sign him to the future would you sign him to be the champion to lead your team? And hopefully they're going to, you think they're going to make it past the the second round of the playoffs and make it to the NFC championship. Would you put $50 million in the Baker Mayfield hands and you believe that he is the future? Well, technically it'll be 200 million because it'd be 50 million a year, at least on yeah, 40 million. million. You know what I mean. Eh? And then for looking at it like that, the answer is no, I would not. And the reason why is more so personality, man. Like, uh, my quarterback, I don't really want him to one dancing and doing all that. Uh, I, I don't want my quarterback to be like that because it's going to say what you like. It's going to end up like what you say. It's going to be erratic. You up, down. He's emotional. I just need somebody to come in driven, ready to win the game. He has a lot. But he look at it. That's why I say personality. He's been the same guy since. Oklahoma. I think I think I think we've been a little old school right there. We've been a little old school because if Lamar Jackson went out there and was doing a, uh, uh, you wouldn't have a problem with it. I think we looking at Baker Mayfield like uh we were back would. in the days, this new era, baby. They out here, they out here moving and grooving, baby, from the quarterback I, to the kicker to the center. I would have a coach, I would have a mean? problem if Lamar was white, I would have a problem with it. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because oh, I just man. need somebody to be whoever they are. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying, 
I'm, you asked me my opinion, I'm giving it to you. I would not sign Baker Mayfield to a multi $200 million, $250 million deal because I don't think he's that guy to bring it home. I'm not saying he's not worthy of it. I don't say, I'm not saying he doesn't play and get your team playoff. I'm saying I don't think he would get me a Super Bowl. I, I, I was I would sign him year to year until I find that the future franchise quarterback. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't lock him up to a long extension, but he's definitely worthy of a of a um another shot, another chance to show that he can, you know, still progress. Right. We gotta we can't forget this man had his fingers fingers in the dirt on the scout team playing defense in just a year ago or where wherever he was at <laughs> Carolina or wherever Carolina he was. Panthers. You know what I mean? Right. So that's a big salute in itself, you know what I mean? And you know, nothing too impersonal, too imp you know, to 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 uh, uh what's his name? Baker. Yeah, Baker to Baker Mayfield yeah. personally, man, salute. 100, brother. You did a, a hell of a job re, re, refurbishing your career, bringing it from the lowest of the low, the practice squad, and now you you went to the second round. Man, that was a big salute. So we, we ain't taking nothing away from that. Don't, don't right, get that right. twisted. But we're just saying, you know, we're being critics, and we're right. saying what we think Tampa Bay should do in the future. And the future, I think, you know, maybe you keep them – year to year until you yeah. find that franchise franchise quarterback. Because I don't think yeah. guys like uh, Baker Mayfield are getting any better. They are who they are yeah. at this point. You know what I mean? Right, right. Pretty much what I was saying. But, you know, he did a great game, man. He had, I mean, he had 26 for 41, 349, pretty much 350 yards. How many interceptions? Two interceptions. Yeah. yeah. You got to protect the ball in the playoffs. You got yeah. to protect the that's ball the in the playoffs. If you don't that's protect the, the ball in the playoffs, that's what will happen. You will come up short every time. And I think that's one of the reasons why they lost it to two interceptions. Obviously, turnovers. You can't have turnovers. Um, the running game wasn't efficient. They lead in Russia was Rayshard White, who they drafted in the third round. Last, not this year, but two years ago. And he went for nine for 50. 55, you know, that's all right. And but Mike Evans, boy, he took off. He went eight for 150. Woo. 147. 147. Yeah, I back. think that's what saved but, Baker Mayfield pretty much, you know, the whole year. Mike that dude is that dude is he's so he's like, listen. I don't he plays within his confinement. Like he's just gonna play him and he's good at it, bro. He'll never probably have a pulled hamstring because he's not gonna go all out, right? But he is gonna. Catch that ball and do what he do. Bro. I, I love, I love that he has that dog in him. He has that straight right. dog in him, man. He ain't doing no talking. He ain't no no Hollywood stuff. He ain't trying to promote himself. He want to fight. He want to scrap. He want to go to war. He want to get the ball back to the uh, the, the referee and yep. line up, line up. Where you at? Let's go. And you touch his quarterback. You touch any of his players. He coming like a missile here, and he trying to destroy you. That's the type of players you want on your team. You know what I mean? So that's what I like about. It, Every time I'll like, be watching like mannerisms after the play, that juggle, whether he catch it or he drop it, he gonna get up, find that ball, throw it, and jog right back through that hole, get ready for the next play every yeah. single time. I like that, man. He a dog. He he is a dog. All right, now let's talk about two, maybe possibly the MVP and the co-MVP of the National Football League. And I wouldn't be mad if these two, if it was an MVP and a co-MVP, two are two co-MVPs, you know what I mean? Um, you got C.J. Stroud and Lamar Jackson, the Texas versus the Ravens. Man, we all know that Lamar, Lamar Jackson is the leading candidate for the MVP. 
But I was super impressed by the Texans and the way they came out and competed against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, man. They came out like they wanted to win the game in the first half. You know, they, they, they held on and they fought strong. They didn't score any points on offense, which was a little concerning for me. They got the special team scores, made it 10-10. But um, that Chris Harris guy, man, he's very important and he's extremely vital factor to that DeMarco Ryan's defense. You know, the way he runs around, he can match up with anybody and he can run with anybody. You could put him in any position from rushing to the right defensive end spot to the left defensive end spot to the middle linebackers and, and covering receivers and, and tight ends and things of that nature because he has that speed. And that speed kills, man. That's what I try to tell people, man. Speed right. kills. But, you know, it's just so important to play good football in all aspects of the game, you know, in, 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 in the playoffs. And we're seeing a lot of uh, a bad special teams play, man. And, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, the Baltimore Ravens almost got themselves in trouble with that long punt return by, uh, by uh, right. I think his name was Steven Sims. Steven Sims, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, but I, I love I love C.J. Stroud and what he brings to the table and, and, and the future. You know, even though they didn't win, man, um, mm -hmm. I, I just want to bring to the attention that he needs to be the co-MVP. Right. It's a great story, man. And if, if you right. don't, you know, I won't be mad and you give it all to Lamar Jackson, but putting the uh, C.J. Stroud co-MVP with Lamar Jackson, that would be good. But that Baltimore defense, man, that is the most intimidating defense to ever play against, especially when they have home field advantage. All that noise in the crowd, the black pants, and that black and purple flying around, swarming everywhere. Man, that looks intimidating, man. You know what I mean? Well, it's, they, they, I love the way they play ball. They are very physical. They're very right. physical, man. What do you say about that defense? Yeah, man, that defense is stingy. Like, that D-line, they playing together. They all – dude, first of all, you watch that game, mm -hmm. I, it, it looked like college, a college defense. Almost like when we played at UCF, like trying to get 11 guys. They got five or six guys tackling the ball. Like, they, I don't know what their defensive coordinator is telling them, but they are running to the ball. It's like six guys on the pile, bro. And <laughs> as a professional athlete, to get guys to get that amount of hustle as right. professional athletes, it's tremendous. They all brought in, bro. That defense is good. Like everybody on that team got some uh, track background in their history. You know what I mean? Nobody get tired over there. But you know, yeah, I want to say, I want to say that 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 team that that city that atmosphere is deep rooted in defense. Since Ray Lewis and Ed Reed them back that days, back in the days, it's like that team has a history of deep rooted inheritance of of, of defense and being physical. It's like you know you coming uh, to this team to play on the defense, it's a certain mentality you got to have. It's a certain uh, aspect you better bring to the table, and you better run to the ball. And that's just the way it is in Baltimore. It's, it's been this way for years and years upon years. And, um, man, they, they're holding on to that, and they just play such great ball team effort. And, um, yeah, man, it's, that's, that's an intimidating team. But Lamar Jackson, he's just special. Um, and we're going to see that matchup between Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be special. And um, I don't know. Do you think the MVP can pull that one out? That one's going to be very special, man. That's man, let me tell you about good. Lamar. He definitely deserves the MVP. But I, I just want to stop. Let me let me stop the chatter and the noise about Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. He is. Mark my words. Listen to me. Looking at that game, 
He is a running quarterback. It's fine to say that. The, like, it's so much controversy about Lamar being a running quarterback. Like, it's just in the world. They don't want to label him as a running quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He can be just like Peyton Manning. No, he's a running quarterback. They won that game because he ran the ball when he had to. And not just ran it. He ran it with elite skills. He's probably one of the best outside of Vic. With a purpose, boy. With a purpose. <laughs> he's the best run on the team. He's going to always he's the leading rush on the team, man. And it's, and I don't understand the negative connotation of him accepting as a running quarterback, he's a running quarterback. It's so many people talk like, like I don't even know if he thinks it's bad, right? I, it may be other people saying, don't label it. Dog, if Lamar couldn't run the ball, they probably don't win that game, dude. Like, right. he, it's next levels. Like, like, the way he run, did you see, like, he just ran, ran, and just stopped on a dime, let the dude go. Oh, like, man. Out here. He, he, like, like you was talking about with Jamari Gibbs, they got the yeah. same type of move, you know, it's a style. It's, just imagine that. Jamari Gibbs with, uh, a 67 completing pass percentage at quarterback and still able to run the ball the way here. That's probably pretty much the, the same scenario we have with Lamar Jackson. They got, right. you know, Lamar Jackson, I'm sure he's running a 4-3 or 4-4 or, or, or close to it. You know what I mean? So, easy. Easy. So, so I can't I, wait to see that matchup, man. That's going right. to be a big showdown. But uh, but they lost. Know. Houston lost this game primarily, and I'm going I'm to jump into it, say what needs to be said. They didn't run the ball like CJ. Yeah. He did. He did what he's supposed to do. run the ball. <laughs> well, listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. And I'm going to give you some insight. You know, I'm biased because my client plays for Houston Texans. So I'm going to give you some insight. I don't know what's going on with that. CJ did what he was supposed to do. He threw for 175 yards, did not turn the ball over. Right. Dude, their leading rusher was Devin Singletary, nine for 22 yards. Mm. Bro, you looking at the plays, they try to do a reverse. Screen, yeah. they never established. Dude, we just talked about this. Son. In the playoffs, you have to run the ball. You have to establish it. You're not gonna get far. They did not, and they got Damian Pierce. I don't think they could get, get too get... far. I think they was no. trying, but they couldn't get far at all. Boy, that thing was Singletary couldn't do anything. Man, that that Ravens, right. that black and purple had 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 them on lock. They should have tried to switch up and, and put another running back in there and try some other different plays. Yeah, that's they, didn't, my client. they didn't try that's anything else. That was the biggest problem I saw. They they were sticking to their guns and then, you know, they didn't try to switch up and bring in a, a more powerful back or someone that can, which is, you know, which is my client, which is, Damien. which is Damien. That's his game. You want right. to have him in the... Now, I got to figure out what's going on over there, why you're not even trying it. But you got to let him run downhill, abuse him up a little bit, soften him up a little bit to help CJ out. The screens and the reverses, that ain't really – you can't get there. And they they hung in to the second half. And Lamar was like – he was mad. He was cussing everybody out. Come on, man, what we doing? And like you said, they, and they was running the ball. Ravens were running that ball down their throat. But they didn't establish the run. And I think that was the only difference or one of the differences um, with that game. They did not establish the run. And we already know Houston don't really have those elite receivers. They have great receivers, but not that elite that's going to take over a game. Right. So I think right. that was the – it just can't – we still – you know, do you, you realize the common denominator of all playoff teams, we all say you got to establish that run, my boy. that run. You know <laughs> what I mean? And all the teams that's winning, they're establishing that run. You know what I mean? They are having – if not an over 100-yard rusher, they're having close to it. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys, right. 95, 97, 98 yards rushing. With, with mm -hmm. minimal carries, so you got to right. establish that run. 
But let's get into a juicy topic. I want to get into some juiciness. Now, y'all, all my Twitter people, y'all spread this word because y'all be on me on Twitter. And we finna talk about the Packers and the 49ers and Mr. Brock Purdy. So y'all let the world know Twitter that I'm here. I want to hear what y'all got to say about this Brock Purdy and stuff. Because I want to know. I want to know why is it so hard for Brock Purdy to get his credit that he deserves? You know what I mean? If he wins the game, everyone says it's because of his weapons. And if he lose the game, then everybody just says he's not a good quarterback. It's like everybody's playing both sides of the fence when it comes to Brock Purdy. And first of all, every quarterback has weapons. Name me one quarterback that doesn't have weapons on their team. I don't get it. Why does everybody keep attacking him? It, the purpose of a GM and a head coach, every head coach and GM are trying to load their team up with weapons through the draft, free agency, or whatever. And and to that point, Debo Samuel goes down for San Francisco 49ers, and Brock Purdy still makes the plays to win the game without his main weapon, who y'all, everybody consider his main weapon besides McCaffrey. You know, I don't know. Everybody's like McCaffrey or Debo, but I hear Debo. And he still was able to go out and execute. Why are everybody tripping on him? You know what I mean? Right. That, that's all it is about, making the plays to win the game. If you're a quarterback, running back, or receiver, mainly the quarterback, it's your job to win the game. And Brock Purdy did that. He made very impressive throws, getting out of the pocket, moving, creating time, and, 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 and hitting touchdowns. That's making the plays to win the game. Right. Why are we tripping on Brock? You know what the problem is? You know what the problem is? Nowadays, it's all about controlling the narratives. Fans, people on social media or everywhere just, just have a mouth. Everybody has an opinion. And social media has exposed everything. It gives everybody a mouth and be able to control the narrative and, and put a player in the, in, in the position they want to put them in. You know, but it's very simple. You go out and win. You execute the plays that are called with the players that are on the team. We got to stop trying to degrade players because of, of y'all narrative that y'all want to control. It's simple. You go out and win, you put up the numbers, and you are that player. You know what I mean? It's right. what it is with Brock Purdy. He plays right. to win the game. That's what he did. Now, you give me your opinion and your thoughts on Brock Purdy. I know you might feel he might be a little game manager or, or so on <laughs> and so forth. You know what I mean? Talk no, I, I I like I like Brock. I think he does what he needs to do. Uh, even in the game, he went twenty three for thirty nine, two fifty. The key part is he didn't have no interceptions. It's still a common denominator with this thing between being able to establish the run and no interceptions. So Hold on, let's, talk, day, let's talk to Joe real quick. Joe say he think because of his weapons. Joe, talk back to him. Who doesn't have weapons out there? Jordan Love had weapons. Aaron Jones just went for a hundred yards. It, since December 24th, uh, Patrick Mahomes has weapons. Josh Allen has weapons. Everybody has weapons. It's a narrative that y'all want to control. Talk back to me, but go ahead, EP. Everybody no. talk to me in the chat. Tell me why is everybody dislike, why, why does everybody dislike Brock Purdy and want to blame him for having weapons to being successful when every team in the NFL has weapons? The GM, the coach are trying to bring weapons to the team. Except for Tom Brady, that was the only person. But go ahead. You said you like <laughs> Brock Purdy, brother. Go ahead. I like, I like him. I like him. I think he did good. I, I have nothing negative to say about Brock Purdy. Like you said, he it comes down to winning. He's winning, right? Like you say, Debo went out. Which I'm, I'm be honest with you. When Debo went out early in the game, I got nervous. I'm like, ugh, all right, Green Bay rolling. I, I this this might be. 
<laughs> right. He was nervous. But guess what? He held it down. He still came. Kittle, Kittle stepped up. George Kittle had four receptions for 81 yards. They tight in. Don't forget about him. He's dynamic. Right. So I like Brock. I don't know what the issue is with Brock. I like him. I think he's still young, right? He's going to grow, and he's going to become elite or be considered elite in the football world the more he wins. All right, my question. Wins. My question. Do you agree with Cam Newton? Is he a game manager, or is he an elite quarterback? No, nah, I, think, I think he's – on the way to elite. I don't think it's black or white. I think he's on the way to being elite. I don't think it's just, I don't want to put him up there just yet, but I, I think he's on the way to being elite. This is my problem. I had a I had a lot of time to think about this whole scenario that Cam Newton created and want to bring up and and uh, have, everybody, have everybody talking about. And he says that these players are game managers. He came up with this uh, 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 word for these players to 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 box them in right so he came up with these players are game managers to box them in and i thought about it and i was thinking hard about it why is he using this term game managers and all he was trying to do is run from the word and and and, and downgrade the play because all he's saying is these guys execute <laughs> that's all cam newton <laughs> is saying you're saying they execute a game manager executes the plays to win the game what else do you need to do and then if you need to veer away from that a little bit you veer away and Brock Purdy did he had to roll out and make a pass to the right he had to roll out use his feet and make a play so I think Cam Newton word for the for the term game manager is saying quarterbacks that execute that is that simple because I don't know what else to call it if you're managing the game you're executing the game. You're executing the game plan on defense and offense. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. This is just weird, and I, I I hate that people try to take uh take credit away from people when it's black and right. You, before social media, they couldn't do that back in the days. It was what it was. You went out there and win. You put up the numbers. Social media couldn't try to control the narrative, man. And that's what I mean, it is. Executing. I mean, when you look at the source of saying game manager versus an elite quarterback, you got to look at where it's coming from. And Cam, for his intent, he was an elite explosive quarterback. So he could take over a game on his own at any time, right? Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't agree with that. I don't see that like that. Like, maybe he can run the ball. Hey, brother, I'm not – whether it's running the passing – he could change the game. He called game changers versus game managers. So what is a game changer? A guy that can run the ball? Explosive plays. You know, you got to think now. The One of the three things on why you win games. like he's trying to, to, to corner himself in to make it so special to be a game changer because he ran the ball. That's why I say you got to listen to the source of where it's coming from. Right. But then I want to say something before you start, too. And, and, and just because you run the ball good – you don't throw the ball so well that makes you a game changer. Like we can put a lot of people that could throw the ball or run the ball and don't throw the ball so well. So, I mean, you got an MVP. So that, I think that's what he's leaning on, but right. you know, what, what category does he fit in? You know, I guess every say game changer because you run the ball, right. but what about when it's time to throw the ball? Are you still a game changer? See, and I think that's where, remember, it was something with the Tom Brady issue. He would call him a manager as opposed to a changer, right? Mm -hmm. Did he call Tom? I, 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 I yeah. don't want to. Yes, he, he, he just, he put it, he brought his name up in the categories. Like, whoa, right. like, bro, what the? 
Don't eat like we stop. We just dissected it then. He's thinking about game changes if you're able to run the ball, basically. Like you need to win and you got the quarterback and it's fourth and 13 and your quarterback can get the first down or score a touchdown. So that's his game changer mentality that I would say. That's what I'm thinking. I said Cam called Brady and Breeze a game manager. How ridiculous was that? Uh, <laughs> sir? Like I, that, that was crazy. Like that's why if y'all didn't see the last episode, I called yeah. for Cam to be punished for for a whole <laughs> month on this podcast for saying that ridiculous. But y'all see, he here. Hey, Cam, hear hear us on say what needs to be said. When when he made his next comparison, he brought the names back up. He ain't put Tom Na- Brady name in there. He said Jared Goff. He said uh, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, Brock Purdy, and Dak Prescott. Don't you dare put Tom Brady Tom Brady name in that crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. talking that that's- crap. That's crazy. Like, and I think it's going back to it because I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. But if you're mm-hmm. trying to look at the dynamic of who's saying game manager versus game changer, and he put in Cam Brock Purdy. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He put in Brock Purdy and Breeze and Dan Tua Brady. Come on, it's just who's uh, athletic. That's what he's trying to say. That's what you're trying to say, man. <laughs> these guys are athletic quarterbacks, and these guys are not athletic quarterbacks. Like, sheesh, y'all are... Uh, and everybody's like, fell for the bait. It became a big thing, and everybody want to talk about it. Now, everybody want to get on, on Brock Purdy for being successful because he got uh, Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey and all these things. Every team has weapons. This drives me crazy. Ah! <laughs> Y'all have my guy, generic, but our listener, generic Pats fan one says Cam is a tight to pass for 200 yards and rush a 50 and act like he's on the level of Brady and Manning throwing for 325. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say, you know what I mean? And then he won the MVP that one year, so you got to give it to him. He's just like he's hanging his hat on that, like I'm the MVP of the league, into me, so you know. But other than that, I, I don't see the, the 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 comparison of game manager and game changer. Other than you run the ball, you can right. run the ball. That that makes no sense to me. You know what I mean? But, but, but let me say this about Cam. I will say this. I think Cam was an elite quarterback. I like Cam. I think he was a great quarterback. I, he was very entertaining. I was a fan of Cam when he played. So don't I don't throw down that word great so loosely now. Don't throw it around so okay. loosely. Now. There you go. I liked him. Well, I'm talking about from my personal experience of watching Cam Newton. I liked him. I thought he had a good mix he can throw. I, he was a exciting player. I don't want to take anything away from him. So I just wanted to say that. I don't want to act like we're... Yeah, he definitely is a exciting player, but it's 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 levels to this. You know what I mean? It's definitely mm-hmm. levels to it. You know what I mean? So we ain't going to... It's not about you, Cam. We're not trying to single you out or we're not trying to attack you personally. Like you said, we're keeping this all about competition and what you talked about game managing game changing that's all we talking right. about brother so that's right. all it is right. you know what i mean um right. but yeah and on, on on the other hand america needs a new team i don't think the dallas cowboys should be america's new team anymore right. <laughs> i was trying to think of a, a team that can be america's team i need a team to root for and i wanted it to be the dolphins but i i i, I need good quarterback play i couldn't Tua Tungvaloa, I couldn't root for the Dolphins. But who can right. be? Can the Texans be America's team? Nah, I think they got a few years. You probably want it right now. They're probably like 
four or five years away. But it's like America's team, like Dallas Cowboys, they got that star on him. Everybody relates. It's like, yeah, we, that's America's team. Like, we need to recreate a new a new America's team. We, we, y'all uh, help us out with that. Y'all let us know in the future who we could say um, America's team, and we're we, we, we going to start branding America's new team. What do you say? I don't think Cam was great. Yeah, I don't think he was great either, sir. I don't know what Mr. EP The Truth is over there talking about. He was he was great Bro. at running the ball. You know what I mean? No. Uh, but Dude, he Cam was a great man. quarterback. Are y'all kidding me? Cam was elite at his time, though. I like Cam, bro. Like, are you serious? Bro, he was Maybe very forget flicked it. it. He was very flicked at throwing the ball. Look at his completion percentage. Yeah, he was. Yeah. How many times he led his team to the playoffs? Bro, this is what I want to say. At that time, sometimes when we come out of the game, they tend to take the juice off of your name a little bit. But during his time, there's no way no... Right. He was like he was, he was he was the black Josh Allen, pretty much. That that wasn't so much, uh, yeah. wasn't, but he wasn't as accurate as Josh Allen. So, but he was okay. heavy and big, 6'5", 260 pounds. He could run the defense over. But when he throw the ball, that's a whole different story. When it's time for him to make reads and, and progressions and stuff like that, that was a no no. Every every play was <laughs> a, a game changing play for him in his eye. That's what he's saying because he ain't gonna hit the first read or the second read. He ain't, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. That that ain't good enough. So that maybe I that's what he was, he's talking about because a, a game I don't manager have, all they doing is executing the play. Woo, Lord, this is driving me crazy. What you talking about? I, I don't I don't I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't think he was a poor passer at all. I think he was a he was all right passer. He he made he made him a dynamic quarterback because he had the ability to run as well i i bet he ain't throw for four thousand yards any any time in his career uh how much you want to bet let me look somebody, real quick somebody look up some of cam stats i got him right before. here i'm going real quick cam newton the most yards he ever threw for were he threw for four thousand yards his rookie season and never again Dang. His second highest was uh, 38-69, his second season. Maybe he had a good coach. And then what are rushing attempts? Somebody had that up uh, the other day. Cam Newton. Um, so, I mean, what was his past, his completion percentage? 60, 57, 61, 58%, 59%, 52%. His highest was 67% in 2018. That's probably I don't know when he won the MVP, but hey, below sixty percent a lot of the times like that. That I probably could do that EP. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, all of us say, all of us say, put some respect on Cam's name. That's all of us say. If, if they Cam put some was respect on Brock Purdy name, then I put some <laughs> respect on Cam and Cam Newton name. Remember, we underdogs. I come from UCF. You come from UCF. I'm here right. for the underdogs, baby. Don't miss. Don't overlook my underdogs. I'm coming for you. You know what I mean? Cam, you used to be in the number one pick. Yeah, we don't know what that feels like. That was Mr. Irrelevant. We don't know what that feels like. You know what I mean? So we come right. from underdogs. Hey, what do you think about Bill Belichick, man? Do you think? Who 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 decision who you think holds the leverage and wants to be in that position? Do you think the owners and the organization wants Bill Belichick there and they kind of hold him back? Or Bill Belichick is in, uh, is unsure if he wants to be there and he's already offered the job, but he's just decided where, not to to take it yet. Where is he offered the job at? 
at the Falcons, at the Atlanta oh. Falcons. He did his second interview, and okay. Bill Belichick still hasn't signed as the head coach. And other coaches are filling up all the vacancies. Uh, the coaching vacancies. What is going on, man? Um, man, I, don't know what you I think it's an issue. I think it's an issue of Bill being Bill. I think it's hard for people to change over the years. And you always had this kind of control, and they're telling you no. Bill's probably coming in. This is the way I want it, and they're like, "Nah, we just want you to come coach." And he's like, "No, this." And you know how it is. It's hard to let go of what you used to own or how you used to run things. And it's not a layup. I think if I guarantee this, if Arthur Blank over there mm-hmm. went over there to Bill and said, "Hey, here you go, Eric, this whole team is yours. GM, defense, whatever you want to do," Bill would have signed that thing. I think there's kind of like we want you, but they got a but in there. There's some contingencies, and I don't think Bill is all the way sold yet. He's they're trying to convince him on, "Nah, you can take it, man. Just do this." But I think it's some stuff in there. They, he want the New England treatment. And I don't yeah. think nobody. I think yeah. You once you have twenty years of control and you got the owner up under your wing, I think you you need that to 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 uh, progress. And then the only way you're not when you then exhaust all avenues and you realize I can't get it, then you probably will bow down a little bit. But yeah, I think Jerry right. Jones messed up. I think Jerry Jones should have pulled that trigger and got him. But uh, you know that's right. a whole another story. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. But then speaking I, of the Cowboys and Jerry Jones, did we did y'all hear about CD Lamb mom um, going off on Dak Prescott? Talking about need to get him out of town. Dallas Cowboys need a new quarterback. That was wild. How do we feel about parents or just outsiders, you know, whether it's a family member, girlfriend, cousin, brother, sister, uh, coming out and speaking out on the team? For me personally, you know, we didn't have the social media. I don't think it's right. You know what I mean? I think we as players, we got to control our family members unless we're we're coaching them up to do these things because we have another plan in the back of our mind. Um, we got to tone that down. But why does everybody just like that? I think it's that nice guy vibe that we talked about in another episode. When you're that nice guy, it's easy to put the blame on you and because you don't stand up for yourself. You ain't gonna you gonna come and be nice all the time. So people will always attack on attack you and 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 I can't think people want to see that dog in you. And right. um, yeah, man, this actually that I think that man, I think the Miami Dolphins should go after that because that I think that will get the Dolphins over the hump and, and help them get to the Super Bowl much better than Tua. And then Tua, right. then, then Dallas can get Tua, and they have Tua and Trey Lance. They can figure out a trade and, you know, build this team where they want to keep Trey Lance and build him up or, or go after a quarterback in the draft. But I don't know, man. I think I think uh, that time is up in, in, in Dallas, and it's going to get worse and worse with the media and the criticism and, and things like that. And he's just a, he's just a puppet there waiting for everybody to attack him. And they ain't gonna be able to get the job done. It's obvious. We we right. they, Jerry Jones created the same atmosphere. We, right. We do the same thing. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's what's going on, man. I don't I don't like that. I think that was one situation where Bill Belichick could have came in, every cooler heads could have prevailed, everybody could have came together, make the decisions, and you know, bring that discipline atmosphere that they need over there. You know what I mean? Right. What do you think right. about? CD Lamb and, and and comments of, from family members and things and, right. and of that nature. 
Right, and I think just to be clear, it was C.D. Lamb's mom that called out that, which technically that's just like C.D. Lamb. You can't have your parents or anybody. Like, that's a representation of you. You got to keep that in control. And even if they did it and you didn't know it, you got to come out and be like, no, nah, no, nah, that's no, I love that. <laughs> like, you cannot right. allow that to happen. Right. Especially Good if neither point. one of y'all going somewhere, um, anywhere, if you're not getting traded or anything. But maybe it's a move to be happened that's going to happen this offseason. Now, mm -hmm. I do think this, though. I think they made a huge mistake in Cal in Dallas with keeping Mike McCarthy. Like, I think oh, everybody man. caught that off guard. Like, why? <laughs> why did you? What, uh, what was the point? <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like it's like why, like you said, why is so many other options out here? It's like you got Jim Harbaugh, you got Bill Belichick, you got the young, young, the young and up and coming defensive coordinators, officer coordinators, man. I was just like, why? You know what I mean? And the other thing with CD Lamb, why, like you said, why he should come out and say something and, and protect uh Dak Prescott from his mother is because that gets you that ball, that forces that ball to you. More right. than he should be. So you don't want to mess up that relationship with you and that because everybody thinking uh, he should play better so y'all could win when he almost had you to the 2000 mark, y'all, by, you know, mm -hmm. making sure you got that ball and, and, and right. creating certain plays for you. So, you know, that's a thin line, too. You got to watch out with, with your personal relationship which, 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 with, the, with, with that player, you know, letting your family members call you know, each other out. So right. that's a very thin line, man. We got to watch out for that. And then we see Michael Parsons' brother coming out and 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 talking crap. So, you know, Michael Parsons came out and stepped up. He said, listen, whatever my family members, my brother or whoever says, I am not a part of that. They have their own free speech and I have nothing to do with that. And I think, you know, even though C.D. Lamb seems like a soft-spoken person, I think he should have came out and um, say something and, you know, me in that relationship, you know? Right. No, nah, definitely. You got to protect that. You got to protect the house at all costs. We all out there trying to win. And it's not like Dak trying to lose on purpose. And it may be the environment. I just feel like Dallas has a black, you know, that rainy day. It is like a black cloud over the whole stadium. Right. And it's just, it's just over that team, man. I don't know what the black cloud is. It's like, yeah, they just got to address it, man. They this. Yeah, they're not America's team no more. I, I say that. You <laughs> got to find a new American God, team. No, boy, it does not terrible. feel good. They got bad energy over there. <laughs> predictions, predictions, baby, predictions. Okay. What we got? We got um, Detroit going to San Francisco. Do you see an upset there? Anybody see an upset? Detroit going to San Francisco. Is there any worry, any possibility, any chance in, in, in a chance in hell that Detroit Lions – Beat the San Francisco 49ers. Is there any possibility, y'all? What you think, well, brother? Who you I got? Think Who you got? Who you I, got? I got. Let me go ahead and say this. I'm an underdog guy. I went UCF, right? Almost Mr. Relevant. <laughs> Never gave it a chance, right? I'm gonna go with Detroit because they're not all star studded. They just some dolls out there, and they really believe they can win. And plus, San Fran didn't look that. All around, like you know, I know they say that off week can always catch up to you. You know, you played a lot of off weeks, right, in the playoffs, yeah. during your tenures and stuff. You take that off week, you take a different kind of mindset to come off that off week because everybody's still rolling and getting better in the playoffs. But I'm gonna go with Detroit, man. I, I like them. I think they're well rounded, and I think it'll be fun if they win. I want to see Detroit 
in that Super Bowl, brother. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that would be exciting, but um, I, I don't know how anybody could bet against San Francisco. So I'm going to take San Francisco by um by nine points. They're going to win okay. by nine points. I'm I'm, I'm going to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. CJ Gardner is a dog for sure. For sure. And then now we got the next game. We got the next game. This will be the biggest game of the weekend. We got two elite, dynamic quarterbacks going at it, right? Mm-hmm. We got the AFC Championship, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens versus Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Let me tell you what I see this game. I see this game going back and forth. I don't see it being a high-scoring game. I see both defenses standing up to the challenge and – Stopping the first downs. A lot of, you know, a few punts here and there. I see this team, see this game going 27-21. Just don't know who wins it yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite yet, huh? Somebody, they're going to go back. I feel feel like the game is going to be 27-21. There's going to be some really good defense, some dynamic quarterback play, but I just don't know who's going to win. Right. Now, who y'all think gonna win? You let me know who gonna win. Who you got? I I, I think I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. Like, Chiefs I love myself too. <laughs> I, I'm a Lamar Jackson fan, man. I think um, with them going to play in Baltimore, mm-hmm. I think uh, Lamar. I think Baltimore Ravens gonna get it, man. I want to see him. Like I'm biased because I want to see Lamar play in the Super Bowl. I think he deserves it. Oh, you know, he's from the crib. You know I want right. Lamar to make it. You right. know, everybody right. He's going to take over, boy. He he, go, he win that Super Bowl, baby. He's going to have a parade down here for sure. You know Correct. I mean? So I want to see them. And, I, and my picks come off of my personal likes. And while I'm watching the game, I got to be honest with you, I'm going to be rooting for Lamar Jackson. Like, I'm going to be rooting for the Ravens to win, like, secretly. I'm going to be rooting for... Lions to win, and I'll be rooting for Lamar Jackson. I tell y'all who's gonna win on Friday. All I know right now is gonna be twenty-one to twenty-seven. I don't know who's gonna be victorious. So y'all check back in with us Friday. And I told y'all about the the, the Patriot Marathon. I'm gonna wait till after the season and Super Bowl to get y'all that. So you know we have some more stuff to talk about. But appreciate right. y'all tuning in, man. Checking in with us Mondays and Friday. Hope y'all enjoyed this. You know we getting better. It's gonna be getting. More and more better, more in debt, and all that good stuff. So, man, salute y'all. Salute out to all the people in the chat. Salute to all the listeners out there. Um, like, comment, subscribe, share. Tell everybody to tell a friend that we over here, we say what needs to be said. Ain't no holding back. Until next time, baby, we out. We out. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.